welcome to the MTM Podcast Thanksgiving Edition. I'm Sean Coomer, the founder of Miles to Memories, and I'm joined uh, this week and every week by my friends and co-hosts Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and uh, MTM's infamous Mark Ostrom. This week's format is a little bit different. We're dropping the rapid fire because we had to record a little bit early for the holiday, but we have some great topics, including end-of-year housekeeping, all the things you need to do to get your Miles and Points house in order, plus what we're thankful for, both in our lives and in the Miles and Points space, and tipping while traveling, best practices, how to adapt to local customs, and more. If you aren't subscribed to the show, consider subscribing. You can find all of the links at mtmpodcast.com, and we support all of the major podcast platforms. If you have been enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us reach more people, and we love to hear your feedback. Also, tell a friend. And finally, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this episode is going to drop on Thanksgiving, and so it's uh, pre-recorded. And we I wanted to talk a little bit about what we're thankful for in the miles and points space, because I think a lot of times we focus on all these devaluations and all the changes that happen. And generally, in this space, change isn't always good, so we tend to focus on the negative. But there's a lot of cool things that this hobby allows us to have. A lot of cool things that happen, uh, things like that. Joe, are you? What are you thankful for in the miles and points space? The cheesy thing is that I'm thankful for, you know, all the people in the miles and points space. I think it's been said many times, but it's just great to connect with other community members. Like when people are nerds, you know, back in the day before the internet existed, you know, we all had to be nerds like by ourselves. Um, but now because we can connect in so many ways, we can be nerds together. You know, so I'm thankful to talk to you guys every week. You know, I'm thankful for uh, all the other people that I get to talk to on the internet about miles and points. And that's a lot of fun. And that's the cheesy one. The practical one is I am super thankful every single year for JetBlue Mosaic status. Um, it just really makes my domestic trips so much easier because with JetBlue Mosaic, I'm always booking trips that I'm planning to take, but I can book flights on JetBlue first, and then I can look for other flights that might work. Um, and if other flights work out, or even if the JetBlue flights themselves uh, drop in price, then I can cancel or rebook or do whatever. So, you know, I love my JetBlue Mosaic status and probably one of the things I'm most thankful for in the miles and points world. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, I'm thankful for the community. Uh, it, it's nice that we have this group of people that we can geek out with about this stuff because I know my wife's tired of hearing about it. So I'm glad that I found Sean and found Miles Memories and then he let me become a part of the yeah. team. Yeah. So, you know, we got that where where I get to talk to miles and points people every day, which is awesome. And then all the meetups get to meet people and discuss travel. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the Inc. Plus five times earning. That's my lifeblood there. So without that, if that ever changes, I might be depressed for a while and just sit at the end of the bar and drink sadly by myself. But what this this hobby gives us being able to see things that we wouldn't be able to see, be able to, to go places we wouldn't be able to go, stay places we couldn't afford. And we're doing it for pennies on the dollar, which is insane. People think we're doing stuff illegal or that we're crazy. But, you know, I'm just so thankful that it gives us opportunities to, to put family together, to bring friends together, to show my kids uh, stuff I wouldn't be able to show them without it. So all that stuff, that's my sappiness for the day, I guess. But that's what I'm thankful for. We are crazy. It's just not yeah. illegal. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely crazy. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think that uh, you have to be a little different to, to love this stuff. And uh, I, too, am grateful for the community. And, of course, you, Mark, and uh, 
I suppose I'm grateful for Joe too, for all these years that I've known him. But the community uh, great at editing podcasts. Thanks, Joe. Uh, I'm Joe thankful for Joe's editing skills. I've got one for, one uh, thing I can do Joe. well. So uh, you know. But uh, this community has been great, and it's been. I'm really thankful that Miles to Memories has started to uh, attract a community uh, because it's always been my philosophy to share this sort of vision of traveling uh, for pennies on the dollar and having a positive uh, sort of look at it and a positive community. Like you say, Joe, kind of talking about the the nuts and bolts of it, we talk about status. Uh, I'm really grateful for my World of Hyatt uh, globalist status because I just feel like that program has come such a long way. And uh, I love getting my suite upgrades. I love being treated about that. And I think speaking sort of from a higher level, I love that miles and points have given me access to the knowledge where, you know, in my sort of old life, I might, I stayed a lot. I traveled a lot, but I didn't maximize all the benefits. So just being able to know what's out there and then to travel better with all those tools is something I'm grateful for. And then in, in 2019, not only did I get a visit like every Disney park in the world and fly first class on a bunch of different airlines and fly business class on a bunch of different airlines and actually get to experience all of that uh, with my family. We also flew coach a lot too, but I actually got to do what I love, which is travel and miles and points lets me do that so much more than I used to, and then so much better than I could otherwise. And so I'm grateful for that. Very nice, guys. Finally, I know that we all wanted to uh, say that we're thankful for the listeners. This podcast is a few months old, and it's grown, and we love getting feedback. I know it's been pretty amazing talking to the listeners, and it's been something I'm truly grateful for. How about you guys? Yeah, I love I love that uh, people actually listen to us just kind of have a good time and talk every week. And and I appreciate all the feedback we've gotten, uh, either meetups through emails uh, on Facebook. Everybody uh, says they, they've had a good time and that they know we have fun and they have fun listening. So I appreciate all that. It's going way better than I thought when we, <laughs> when we were kicking this thing off. So I'm glad everybody stuck with us until we got our groove. And thank you so much for listening. I will say I do not appreciate those of you who told Mark to keep ragging on me. Do not appreciate that at all. <laughs> multiple, multiple emails and comments that uh, yeah. that said that. His inbox lie. has been flooded with such comments. Do not appreciate That's it. just because he uh, picks on me too much. I just want him to spread the love. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, no, I echo what you guys say. You know, I appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks so much. Really the fact that anyone spends any time listening to us um, be idiots talking about miles and points online is just a real honor. And we just really appreciate uh, all of you out there and, you know, please uh, keep the feedback coming, even if it is to make fun of Joe constantly, you know, as long as you're listening, as long as you're entertained, we're happy and, and we're thankful that you're listening. All right. And now to something I am not thankful for, and it is tipping while traveling. And it's not because I don't like the tip. It's just because it can be so confusing. Uh, so many different cultures have different rules and uh, it's always generally different than it is here in the United States. So I know Mark uh, was interested in talking about this, how we handle tipping in different countries, how we adjust to local customs, how we bring our own uh, views on tipping into it. Mark, what is your tipping strategy, I guess, when traveling? Yeah, so Ian uh, actually wrote a post about this a couple months ago, and I've been wanting to discuss it on the podcast, and Sean kept shoving it to the side. So thanks for that. But his article was a little different. His was focused more on things he doesn't tip for, like maid service and stuff like that. But I wanted to, to segue off of that into tipping internationally because it, it it is confusing, and each each country has their own views on it. Some will feel disrespected if you leave a tip because they just value their job and they value the service they give and they don't want to tip. They think it's kind of disrespectful, like, hey, this is 
I do this for my paycheck. I do this because I love it, not because I want a tip. So the best way to, is to just kind of Google it or, or read about it before you go a place. But the funny thing is some of the stuff you read when you get there is totally different. A uh, story I have is like we were in Dublin and we ended up going to the most local bar we could find in Dublin because you guys know I love to find the lo- where the locals are at because that's where you get the most uh, real vibe and you know, authenticity of, of the situation. So we went to this place called the garage. <laughs> it was like the garage bar, or garage door bar, something like that. It was just this dive bar with a big garage door that rolls up. We went in there, me and my wife, and we were sitting with a, a local and uh, the bartender. We we're just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze back and forth and drinking some beers, drinking some pints together. And I said, you know, what's the deal with this tip? Because I saw a tip jar there and there was money in it. And it was all locals that were in there. It wasn't a touristy place. I said, I read that you guys don't really tip. You know, you just if you buy it and you get like change back, you just leave the little bit of change you get. They're like, that's complete BS. You know, we tip, we want tips. You know, we hope that you tip us type of thing. So and I had read before that that wasn't the case so i think it once you get there you could even ask people what the the normal custom is or just kind of keep your eyes open to what's happening but uh it's just an interesting topic because i don't know if you guys have any history with it of going someplace and not knowing what to do but if you have a story share it now i think i've talked long enough <laughs> well you, you make a good point in that tipping culture just because we seem to think it's going to be the same everywhere you know just because a book says or a website says that everybody in this country tips this way, that doesn't really mean it's going to be true, or at least in my experience. I agree that you kind of have to get a feel for how things are when you're actually there. But the books that I do trust are, um, and maybe I'm wrong to do that, but I pretty much whatever Rick Steve says about Europe and a particular country and their tipping strategy or policy or culture, I guess is the better way to say it. uh, That's what I follow. Um, just because, you know, I feel like he, well, I'm not as into Rick Steves as I was like three to five years ago, but it always had felt to me like he wanted to know as best as possible how the local culture was. So I go by Rick Steves when I'm in Europe. In Asia, I, I do mostly use Google. I can say with quite a bit of certainty that in Japan, you really should not tip at all. They don't expect that. Other than that, you know, it's kind of, I don't know. I think that's what I... What bugs me most about tipping is you're kind of making it up as you go along. Like, I don't want to shortchange anybody, but I'm always like not 100% sure like this is the right thing to do. I mean, even, well, not in the United States. I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm comfortable with my tipping strategies here. But, you know, you feel bad, right? You don't want to shortchange someone. So I always kind of err on the side of over tipping in a country or if like I don't know whether country tips or not, um, I'll just tip as I would in the United States. You know, if you leave 20%, it's tough to imagine a country that I'm not saying that I always leave 20%, but it's tough to imagine countries doing more than that. So, you know, that's kind of how I go about it. I found that since my kids are young, like I just in general have had less time to go to school on whatever country I'm visiting. So I just do my best to figure out as best I can and then tip accordingly when I get there. Yeah, I think that's good. I always err on the side of just tip if you don't know, because I think people are going to be less, you know, more money. Most people aren't going to be upset besides maybe some of the Asian cultures that would be offended by it. But I think it, I, I usually totally err towards the side of caution of just tip because you're more likely to offend somebody by not tipping than you are with tipping. So that's what I do. What about you, Sean? I think there's a, a few things. It's a good point, Joe. You said like, if you're just somewhere, you don't know what you're going to do. You just sort of tip kind of like you would at home. And I think that that's changed the world a lot over the last 
20, 30 years as people have traveled more and as our sort of tipping culture has spread. And so you see it in countries that traditionally didn't have tips that especially in restaurants and stuff like that, or in bars, uh, that tipping is, seems to be uh, spreading a lot more. I just think it's, like you said, it's always good to err on the side of caution and, and, and being generous. Um, I will say that if you are in a country and you're unsure and you try to tip somebody and they refuse it, just take that as a sign that they may not like that. I've been in kind of way back in the day in my early travel days in like in China, in certain parts of China where uh, the people were really offended, like taxi drivers were offended by trying to get anything more than whatever was on the, the meter, even small amounts of change. So uh, just if somebody refuses it, then, you know, don't try to press it, you know, pressure them into taking it and, uh, you know, use caution. And there's the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about, because this is always a struggle, too. It's not just do you tip, period, but where do you tip? You know, uh, do you always tip the maid? Do you always tip the bellboy? I think those are or the bellman. I think those are uh, probably a little bit more common sense. But then, you know, these days in the US, people are tipping pretty much everywhere. Uh, where do you guys sort of draw the line? Or uh, do you tip different positions when you're traveling compared to at home? Or is it pretty much the same? It's the same, but it drives me nuts because like, I never know when to do it or what to do. And, you know, half the time, like, I'm just making it up as I go along, like I said, and sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes I'm not sure. And I don't know. I honestly, I don't, I don't know, like what the right thing to do is. And so I kind of go by the idea that I want to like kind of have best intentions to help out the people who are, you know, working, but I can't say that I always like follow through on those. Um, and I just kind of hope everything kind of evens out over time. I don't know. Mark, teach me. Yeah. So uh, some things I don't tip for is if you're going to like a restaurant where it's a takeout place and you just order at the stand and then they, they bring you the food. I don't normally tip there, even though they'll have a tip jar. Maybe if I if I'm paying with cash for some reason and they give me like coins, I'll, I'll throw that in there. But for the most part, I won't tip there because you're just ordering something and they're giving it to you. It's not like they're really giving you any service. As far as like maids go, that's kind of like, it depends on the situation. If I've stayed there for a couple of days and, and they've taken care of stuff, a lot of times I put the do not disturb sign on there the whole time I'm there. So it's been a couple of days and they haven't gotten the chance to clean because I think they get paid per room when they clean. I'll leave a tip as like an apology that they didn't get paid while I was there. Or if I did get service and they did a good job or like had turned down and stuff, I'll give a tip there as well. Bellman, I never really take bags, but if you do, if you do give bags to a bellman, a couple dollars there. Now, if I do check bags with uh, the bell desk where, you know, I, I had to check out early or the, the room wasn't ready, I'll give them uh, at least a dollar per bag, depending on the place, sometimes more. But, you know, I, 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 I've worked in the service industry when I was younger. So I, I usually over tip, if anything, because I know that a couple dollars means more to them than it does to me at that point. And I always appreciate it when people tipped me. So that's kind of how I, I roll. But there's very few things I won't tip for. The main one is it, if I'm just there ordering the food and they just bring me a bag, I'm not going to tip you for that. What about you, Sean? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think uh, I think tipping culture has gotten a little crazy. I see tip jars in places that sort of baffle me sometimes, like where somebody's basically just a cashier and they want a tip jar. But So I sort of don't yeah. tip in those scenarios. Um, but uh, yeah, in general, I think... I think you made a good point, Joe, in that if you have the best intentions, don't worry about it too much. You know, try to find out what the culture is. Try to do your best. There's always going to be a time where you're going to disappoint the other person. And if you're trying to do your best, do the right thing. Just like in life, I think it all will work out um, okay. And one last tip I would say is that, uh, like, like you said, Mark, you kind of went into a local's bar and they told you everybody tips. If you're in a place where there's only tourists, 
don't trust the people working at that place to tell you what the tipping policy is. They're almost always going to expect tips. If you're in a, I don't care what country you're in, yep. even in, in certain uh, Asian countries where they don't accept tips. I've been in restaurants where they uh, hit you up for a tip uh, because they're used to, to the tourists. So if you want to find out what the actual tipping culture is, don't talk to people who accept tips uh, from tourists. But also look out for service charges because a lot of restaurants in different areas around the world and in Europe especially will add service charges to every check. And that's sort of in place of a tip. So you may already be paying a service charge on your check and that sort of acts as a tip. You know, I hate service charges in the United States, but I actually love them overseas because it makes me, well, I guess maybe I'm naive, but I just am hoping that the service charge actually goes to the service people, but it makes me feel like less stressed about whether I need to tip or not because the service charge is included. And, you know, say that out loud, if the United States had a culture where everything was by a service charge and we didn't have to worry about tipping, like I would not lose any sleep over that. Oh, it'd be great because then... People would know. I think it's great that people know what they're going to get as far as pay and everything else. Tipping doesn't allow that. It allows uncertainty. It creates animosity between customers and those people serving them. I was a server for a long time. I worked for tips. So that's why I definitely appreciate it and try to be as generous as possible uh, when it makes sense. But I agree with you. Just having sort of like a service charge where everybody sort of knows what they're paying and what they're getting ahead of time. I think that or just, you know, raising uh, wages to a point where they should be a living wage is sort of the dream scenario, but that's not where we're at. So uh, we got a tip, got to be generous. And I certainly appreciate good service. All right. And on from tipping to the new year and actually preparing for the new year is something that's quite important in miles and points because of all the credits and deals and uh, elite status and everything else. And uh, I know that all three of us probably on one level or another are getting ready for the new year. What are some of the things that you guys are doing? I know like for me, I always procrastinate on my travel credits, so I'm getting ready to get all that situated in the next week or two. What are some of the things you guys are doing now with about a month to go to prepare for uh, the end of the year? You're kind of terrible, man. I do my I did my travel credits like day January 1st. Every January I 1st, know. I always post that post. It's ridiculous. It's, it's travel credit day. And if you would have done it January 1st, you could have gotten gift cards where now all that stuff's ruined. You can't get gift cards anymore, so that's kind of sad. But Blogs killed it. Yeah, after 12 years, the blogs killed it. So yeah, so the tra- one thing I wanted to mention about the travel credits, which I know a lot of people uh, kind of try to focus on, is the triple dip, um, which with American Express, you can, uh, it, the cards that have the travel credit, since it's calendar year, if you sign up for it in early December, you can get the travel credit this year. Then on the 1st of January, you get another travel credit. And then on the first of the following, like January 2021, you could get another travel credit. And that would still probably be within the 30 day window. If you sign up for the card, like mid December, that you could cancel the card and get three travel credits. So I know some people look out to do that. It's probably harder to do these days with gift cards not working and with Amex rat on the loose. I don't know if you want to press it. You might get the pop up after that. They might close you down, but I know it's something that people have done in the past. So I know a lot of people ramp up at the end of the year and try to get a card that has that travel credit so they can do that. Have you guys ever done done that at all? No triple dip for me. I just the timing never uh, worked out well, but I know lots of readers who have done it. And it's a great time if you don't have or those cards. It's a, it's a good time uh, to get it. You're, you actually reminded me of one thing, too, is that uh, with travel credits, it's not always something you want to wait till the very end of December to do. Like you said, you should do it back in January, but if you procrastinate it like me, you want to make sure that you get them so that the charges have time to process and the credits have time to come before the end of the year. And then like with 
some cards like Chase Sapphire Reserve, your credit resets actually on your December statement date. So you want to make sure if you haven't spent your Sapphire Reserve credit that you do that before your statement prints in December or else you miss out on that credit too. So just be aware of the dates uh, as well on all of this stuff uh, so that you make sure that you don't miss out because these credits are such a huge part of the calculation of the value of these cards for us. Yeah, I banged out most of my credits in January and February and then finished up my last ones a couple weeks ago. In fact, I actually got a new platinum card, so I had to do those. You know, I did those as soon as I got the card since I only got it a couple months ago. In terms of the triple dip thing, I have not like purposely applied late in the year to do the triple dip, but it has happened to me like a couple times, including this card that I just got um, last month or so. So, you know, it is a... Nice deal. I stress about it less because Massachusetts has this weird law where for all intents and purposes, Amex has to prorate our annual fee no matter when we cancel. Um, And it can be on a cancellation like Amex will prorate also on downgrades or they will always prorate on downgrades. But um, for non-Massachusetts residents, I don't know what other states this works for because I only live in Mass. But if you are 30 days or whatever past your annual fee, you won't get anything back. But in Massachusetts, for some reason... They always give us some money back when we cancel. So I'm not like as stressed about it. Don't worry as much. What I'm saying is I could triple dip whenever and still get some money back. Trying to get you trying to get people to move to Massachusetts then, I guess, huh? <laughs> I mean I don't know why that's to... not a federal law, because it's the way it should be. If you cancel something, you should get a pro rated refund. Yeah. Come for really the triple should. dip, stay for the high property taxes. <laughs> yeah. Our property taxes are really low, man. Where are like it's stay weird. for the South Boston yeah. accent. That's crazy. I've always heard that they're high there, but I haven't actually looked into it. I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but my property taxes are very, very reasonable. Anyway. Joe, your property taxes are low because you don't have a fire pit, man. You better get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 15 callback. Um, The reason why you don't want to move to Massachusetts is because you have to deal with Patriots parades every single year. And if you're a Jets fan like myself, it is. Well, you're an idiot if you're a Jets fan. Let's just end it right there. Yeah, from the Lions fan. Good one. <laughs> I grew up in Jersey, though. I was a Giants fan. I mean, there's only one team that America really loves, and it's the Green Bay Packers. Nobody likes Aaron Rodgers. Damn, you got me there. <laughs> I'm with uh, I'm with Detroit on, on that one there, Sean. Uh, but everybody loves Brett Favre. So. It is Thanksgiving, so football is uh, you know relevant. Anyway, I always make sure that I have all that stuff done. Really, what I start doing towards the end of the year is – Um, start thinking about what's my credit card strategy going to be for the next year, recheck my lists. And then honestly, it's not fun, but it's like when I start making sure that my spreadsheets are all as organized as they're going to be, I'm not a super organized person because um, taxes are going to be coming up in a couple months. And, you know, the end of the year is the time to be looking at all that stuff, which is not fun, but it's just something that's got to be done. Does your wife's uh, one card per year calendar reset? Is it a calendar year calendar or is it every 12 months? It is a calendar year, and it also does roll over. So I'm considering. Ooh, I got this, I'm glad negotiate a rollover. I yeah, like that. Nice work. Yeah, I would just let it roll over for three years. <laughs> you can just go crazy. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, honestly. Um, so yeah, I'm actually since I there's nothing. Well, since she keeps getting the Amex pop up that says she's not going to get the bonus, the, all the cards I want for her right now are Amex cards. And I was thinking like. Uh, Mark suggested getting her the Ink Unlimited, but I don't know. We are okay with Ultimate Rewards points right now, so maybe I'll, I'll sit on that. And so I'm thinking of rolling it over to 2020, see if like something big hits, like a hundred thousand point platinum, or you know one of those crazy things that um you know is going to be exciting. So we'll see. 
that rumor about the new uh, Amex card, which doesn't help because she can't get them. But the rumor about the one that's going to be like just below platinum, isn't that what came out recently? Oh, yeah. Like uh, Palladium, I bet, or some other random metal. But yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, yeah, I want that one. But yeah, so I just make sure that I'm ready to go um, for next year. And like I said last episode, I'm going to be doing most of the spending this year on cars that I already have. Getting excited for 2020 applications. See what's going to be out there. Is anybody doing any uh, status runs or, or mattress runs at the end of the year? I know that's the other big thing that everybody does when they're wrapping up is, oh, I'm, I'm so many MQMs or I need more dollars or... I need more miles or I need a couple more nights. So is anybody in that boat right now? I'm usually in the hotel boat every year with Hyatt, but now that award stays count and I've traveled so much this year that I've already requalified a long time ago. Um, so yeah, I have a Delta with through my, all my Delta vacations deals. I matched uh, United status to Delta. So I have a bunch of flights coming up and I'm short sort of one flight and a few hundred dollars in order to keep uh, Delta Platinum status another year. So I'm debating on whether I want to do that, but I don't have anything booked yet. Do it. Um, yeah, I think it's probably worth it. I just have to sort of especially, figure it out. Yeah, especially for Platinum, I would do it for sure. Yeah, I'm waiting to see how my Delta Vacations flights, because they're bulk fares apparently, according to Delta, uh, which should earn based on distance, but I'm not sure how the dollars will work. I'm assuming they're just going to be the regular dollars, but I'm hoping maybe something better will happen. So I'm going to wait till to see exactly how my flight tomorrow credits uh, before I decide my strategy for that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's definitely a lot of people who do mattress running uh, towards the end of the year in December. It can be really cheap. Uh, I think for flights, most people probably have to have that locked in by now because prices tend to, to go up as you get closer to the holidays. And talking about all of this travel credits and premium credit cards. Yeah, let's talk about Priority Pass. Joe, you were talking a little bit earlier about uh, which card is best for Priority Pass now that CNV has changed everything and you're trying to decide on based on you know your family situation which card was best for you. You want to talk about that a little bit? What you got? What you found? And yeah, so what happened was a couple episodes ago we talked about how CNB, uh, whatever I don't even need to remember what the card is called anymore. Um, they killed all their benefits, uh, so I canceled it last week. And the kind of biggest loss, well, everything was a huge loss because. Obviously, I understand why they cut all the benefits because, you know, it was way too lucrative for people like us to use. However, the really big loss for me personally was Priority Pass membership because the Priority Pass Select membership that comes with the CNB card, I got it for myself. My wife was an authorized user. She got it for herself too. Not only that, but both of us could bring in unlimited guests when we went to Priority Pass lounges. And we're not the type of people who would like take advantage of that, but we do have a family of five. So that was really useful. And so once I canceled my card, obviously my priority pass select memberships through CNB are gone. And so I was talking to Mark and Sean about, you know, what is kind of the best priority pass membership that you can get through a credit card now for me and my family situation, family of five, now that I don't have CNB. And Mark, uh, you kind of dropped some knowledge on me. So you want to share that? Yeah. So I wrote an article a while ago that I think one of the undervalued priority pass memberships and one that might be best for families. And I, I mean, more like regular families, not the the travel uh, nuts that we are, but uh, comes with the surpass card, the Hilton surpass. And with that one, you get 10 priority pass visits per year. Now, the one bad thing is it's Amex, so you don't get the restaurants anymore. But then the good thing is that most people think it's 10 per year means 10 for the credit card holder per year, but it's 10, like you can take 10 people in there 
that one time if the, if the lounge will let that many people in if they're not overbooked or whatever. So that's kind of cool if you have a family of five and you know most people will take two trips a year or whatever. You might not have a priority pass lounge at your airport, but you might have it where you're going or vice versa. So you might not use it both ways. So that you know will work for two trips where you can hit a lounge with your family of five because it goes you get 10 passes for up to 10 people. So you can kind of take in the amount that you want. You know, a lot of people have family of fours, so you can get a couple uh, trips in there with your family and then one trip with uh, it, just you and your spouse if you're going. So there's a lot of ways you can work that. So it actually has the most freedom of any Priority Pass membership, and it's a great card. And then if you and your spouse have it, then you have 20 between the two of you. So it's a good option for families for since a lot of the unlimited prior past memberships have been been uh, taken away recently. Seems like that's a great way to like top off too. If you are in a situation where you have a card that gives you two guests and there's four of you, you can get three people in with your main priority pass and then use one of your 10 to get somebody else in too. So that's great stacking, advice for people who are stacking already, priority passes. Yeah, I like people it. People already have the card. That's great advice. Yeah, so that was a great call. Um, and then, you know, just to run through the other options, Chase Sapphire Reserve, you can only bring in two guests, so that was no good. American Express, you can only bring in two guests, no good. Also, you can't use the restaurant, so that was no good. And then we also talked about getting the Ritz-Carlton card, but that's pretty difficult to get these days. I got to get the Bonvoy whatever stupid card and then have that for a year and then product change that. So that's not happening in at least 12 months. Um, I did consider getting my one card for my wife as that card, but I decided against it ultimately. But City Prestige still comes through the Priority Pass Select membership with City Prestige is two members or your immediate family, your entire immediate family. And that's what it says in the terms and conditions. So that's the one that I'm going to go with. So I don't need to get any new cards to replace the CNB. Still need to find a way to get my wife her own Priority Pass, although she rarely travels without me. Um, but other than that... Unless it's your sister-in-law, then she's like, or your, her sister. <laughs> she's yeah. like, see you later, buddy. Yeah, she's like, peace out. <laughs> Give me the priority pass. Give me the Centurion lounges with my sister. <laughs> and uh, speaking of like priority pass and our and our families and everything else, let's close out this Thanksgiving uh, episode by uh, you know saying what we're thankful for. I know other than being thankful that today's Thanksgiving and the Lions are going to lose yet again. Uh, hey now, hey now. Let's go around it's and circle and talk. It's I, true. I'll bet against them probably. Yeah, it's my favorite okay. part of Thanksgiving is watching the uh, Lions Ooh. lose every year, especially when they when the Packers get to play them and I, when the Packers get to beat the Lions. I, I wish they is. kept it where they always played the North, like where they played Chicago or Green Bay or Minnesota. I hate that they yeah, have mixed in random cold. teams. Yeah. And added a third game, too, because it used to always be just the Lions and the Cowboys would have games. Yep. And then now they've and added that complained. third game. Which, yep. yeah, also, you've garbage. never uh, had a butt fumble on Thanksgiving, so – don't worry, Mark. You're still <laughs> oh on top. my gosh, that was the best when they had the not top plays, and that was like the not top play for for two years or whatever. Mark Chance, yeah, yeah, Mutt fumble. It was so good. Yeah. Anyway, Sean, I'm gonna watch that anything, on YouTube now. Yeah, you were saying something more important, Sean. But certainly, other than the many uh, memorable losses that the Lions have suffered on Thanksgiving. Um, I'm really thankful for a lot of stuff and I tend to be known as a, a serious person, but I, I definitely am somebody who thinks a lot about this kind of stuff and truly am grateful for not only uh, you guys, the entire Miles to Memories team, Miles to Memories and the Miles in Point space, but you know, to my family, to the ability to do what I love, which is to travel, something that truly has been something that's very meaningful and deep to me for a long time and that. I get to do it. I get to talk about it. I get to do this as my job and and share that passion and love with people. And I really am grateful for that. 
And I'm, and like we said earlier in the show, I'm grateful that people actually take the time to read the website, read what we have to say, to listen to this podcast and listen to what we say. Yeah, there's lots of uh, blessings in my life. And uh, I will take this time to uh, to say how grateful I am for that and for both of you. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right. And that does it for this special Thanksgiving episode. As a reminder, you can find all of our uh, relevant links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. If you do like the show, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever uh, you listen to us because those reviews do help us reach new people. And we love to hear your feedback. Consider telling a friend, your family, uh, if you're at Thanksgiving uh, over the holidays, just Tell people to listen to the MTM podcast, right? And uh, most importantly, Joe and uh, Mark, uh, where can people listen and find you guys during the week? You can find me writing at asajoeflies.com, podcasting at saviorosservationdeck.com or disneydecipher.com. Mark? You can find me at milestomemories.com, comment on any of my articles and and I'll respond there. Email me at mark at milestomemories.com or find me in our Miles to Memories Facebook group. There's links on the website for that and I spend quite a bit of time in there. All right. And you can email me, Sean, at milestomemories.com. I am at Best Disney Hacks on Twitter. And uh, you can find uh, Miles to Memories on Twitter, Facebook, at Miles to Memories. Until next time, happy Thanksgiving and uh, talk to you guys next week. Happy Turkey Day. See ya. Gobble, gobble. You can email me at miles to memories.com or uh, find us, find me in my. <laughs> it's Mark and miles to memories.com, by the way. Don't all right. Let me start all over from the beginning. How Don't many beers have you had, Mark? <laughs> Don't just email miles. Just enough. I have just enough. <laughs> you know, guys, when you guys pick on me, it only makes you look bad. So I just want you to know. <laughs> I mean, no, you know what? Obviously, you haven't. <laughs> Obviously, we haven't picked on you enough because we haven't gotten comments that say pick on Sean more. We've only gotten comments saying pick on Joe more. We've gotten multiple of those, too. Yeah, we get lots That's of just because people Joe. like me. They don't want you to pick on me. They want us to pick on you. Dang. Revenge is a disbester of cold. We all really wanted to thank uh, and be thankful for, or at least I did, uh, our our listeners. Uh, this podcast is what oh, you throw us under the bus. Yeah, like what's up with that, man? I don't know like, why I said that. Agree, Let me say it again. We agreed no. on this. Yes, we agree. Like I know that I'm like, well, we no, because then I'm like, everybody's gonna be thinking, well, he's just being a jerk and talking for them and all that. Okay, all right, hold who, on. Who would think that? All right, fine, fine, Sean, fine. And Sean only. <laughs> Let me have my moments, and I'll get to the right place eventually. I don't know, guys. I don't know. You guys are so quiet. So, I guess we'll move on. <laughs> you have to like pause so that out. Yeah. yeah. If you don't pause, we can't insert anything. I paused. So. I stopped for like three seconds, and then I said, "I don't know, guys." And then, yeah, I think that was it. I think we did it. You guys, yeah, I think, was, yeah. I think we did that. Yeah, that was the thing. Oh my god! Somebody come in. Why do you guys always leave so much silence when I'm done talking? Because <laughs> it's kind of done. What, what else? There's, there's, we like, we did that. The topic's dead. Let's move topic's on. dead. Okay. All right. Well, then that's it, huh? Yeah.
kind of depressing that say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill